to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spasciano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, I pride myself on my originality, but tonight I'm going to borrow three words from the playbook of the great Matthew McConaughey and say, all right, all right, all right. Now, wait, is that is that three words or is that one word three times? Uh, the way confused. he says it, it's one word. Okay. You know, Benny, over the last few months, we've had a, a numerous shows where we've highlighted women's wrestling. And we're going to do that again tonight. We've got uh, really good talent on the line with us. Another friend of ours from here in Virginia. Uh, why don't you tell everybody who we got on the phone with us tonight? Absolutely. So tonight's guest has taken the independent wrestling scene by storm. Not Scott Storm, a different kind of storm. Uh, recent BWC graduate and the current BWC Cruiserweight champion. It's my pleasure to welcome Angel Metro to Dan and Benny in the ring. Angel, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. Angel, we always start with the same question because we love the variety of the answers. Benny always says it's like a snowflake. Everyone's is a little different. Uh, so uh, we'll get started. It's kind of a two-parter. One, uh, when did you really – when did the professional wrestling bug bite you? Like when did you get into professional wrestling as far as a fan? And two part of that is when did you decide to go from fan to wrestling is what I'm going to do? Sure. Um, well, professional wrestling as a fan um, – it was actually kind of a fluke. It was in the late 90s. I was a kid, and I often stayed up late because I liked sci-fi and stuff like that, and that was on usually later at night. And I was flipping through the channels, and I happened to see a match from what was WWF at the time. I was like, oh, man, this is really cool. Like, what is this? Like, I've never seen anything like this before. And it was a recap of the Hell in the Cell match between Taker and Mankind that had just happened. And being like a horror movie fan as a kid, it was just like right up my alley. So pretty much just the recap from that match sold me on wrestling. So I just kind of deep dived into it. And uh, yeah, watched wrestling as a kid for a few years and um, eventually phased out of it mostly because I just didn't have anyone else around me that was into wrestling. And it was kind of, in my social groups, not really a popular thing in general, just to like. So I phased out. Um, but becoming a wrestler myself, I actually got back into wrestling because my former partner was a professional wrestler and he was a deathmatch wrestler as well. And so when we started dating, um, I kind of just rekindled my love for wrestling as well. And um, he actually had an injury um, with wrestling that. Um, it actually almost killed him and it debilitated him for a while. So he had to do some rehabilitation and get some surgeries and such. And we were gearing up to get him back into the ring. And unfortunately he passed away from an unrelated condition. Oh man, and, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. And because of that, um, I kind of just picked up the torch and 
decided to become a wrestler. Well, you mentioned, obviously, his background in deathmatch. Uh, other than maybe in, uh, allowing him to influence some of your style, uh, did any other wrestlers? I mean, I know you said you got into it with what's probably one of the most brutal matches in, in really of that era. Uh, did any wrestlers influence you growing up as far as the styles that you've ended up adapting? Or Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a kid, um, I think probably my biggest influences um, now, or, you know, at the time starting to train, I started with those. So yeah, um, you know, Undertaker was a big one, of course, Mankind, pretty much any like character that was dark and spooky. Um, Eddie Guerrero, China was a huge influence on me. Um, Tajiri as well. Uh, Pretty much anyone that was like a A A-lister at that point in the Attitude Era, those those were my favorites, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, as well. And yeah. Angel, your, your build from Santa Carla, California. So when I did your bio for the, uh, the BWC page on Facebook, I erroneously put Santa Clara, California, which you graciously corrected me on. So what, what is Santa Carla known for? Um, Santa Carla is probably most known for, the beaches and the vampires. I'd say those are probably wow. the two most popular things there. <laughs> and I heard it's 50 miles southwest of uh, Parts Unknown, right? Is that correct? <laughs> Give or take, yeah. Give or take, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Parts Unknown, we, we often joke about Shawsville, Virginia. You know, we've had numerous. BWC guests on the home of Boogie's wrestling camp. It's being in the middle of nowhere. Benny always says, you know, go to the middle of nowhere and then you still got to travel another 50 miles. So being that isolated, especially talking about like Charlottesville and those parts of Virginia, how did you find the BWC? Um, Well, when I decided to start training, um, I just started looking around for schools and it was kind of difficult at first to find schools because Um, Well, there's not a ton in Virginia, and on top of that, it's not super well advertised. Um, So I originally was going to another school um, in Roanoke, and so I went there, tried out, and everything was good. I worked with their head trainer, and I was stoked. Like, I was, like, ready to come back. I had my money to pay. Like, I'm like, I'm in. Let's do this. And I kind of started getting, like, the runaround a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I don't know what's going on. And the administrator for the school that I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, like, we'll have you come in, like, a couple weeks. We're going to have orientation for all new students, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, okay, cool. I'll show up then. And so I drove, you know, to Roanoke. And uh, no one was there. And the building was locked. And I tried getting a hold of the, the guy that was doing, like, the administration stuff. Couldn't get a hold of him. Uh, Couldn't get a hold of anyone else. And I was like, "Uh, I think I just got ghosted. (laughs) So I uh, found the head trainer on Facebook and I wrote him um, and just kind of explained what was going on and like what they told me and when to show up and everything and all of that. But I knew that their trainer had graduated from BWC and I was like, all right, well, let me see what that's about. And uh, I saw that on the BWC Facebook page, they're like, yeah, new students every day like come try out you can be a part of our 30th graduation class and 
oh that and I was like awesome I was like uh looks like classes tomorrow like I'm gonna try there and if that doesn't work out I'm gonna try in Baltimore and wherever if that doesn't try I'll just keep trying and so the next day I was driving to BWC and the head trainer called me and he apologized he had no idea that they had told me that and essentially what happened was the owner of the school didn't want to train women Um, I guess they had some kind of experience that wasn't the best for them in the past or something like that where uh, one of the students kind of fizzled out. And, uh, yeah, so they decided not to train women and not to tell me that. Um, But it was okay because I ended up at BWC, locked in, and immediately found Boogie and was like, Mr. Valiant, like, I'd really love to uh, train here at your school. Like, I don't know if you train women, but um, if so, like, I'd really appreciate the opportunity to. And Boogie was just, you know, himself. And he's like, oh, honey, we train anyone. And so uh, I went, got my money from the ATM, paid my dues, and then paid for that day and jumped in the ring and never looked back. BWC was my new home. Wow. Well, not only did Boogie train you, he gave you a shot to win the cruiserweight championship, which you did. You're the reigning and defending BWC cruiserweight champion. I don't know if, if that's because of great decision-making from uh, any kind of administrative, uh, you know, may, maybe BWC has a good commissioner or something. I don't know. Benny, do you think so? I, I'm not. I've heard about him. You know, he's kind of new with the job. He's, he's, he's studying the memoirs of uh, Jack Tunney and Bullet Bar- Bob Armstrong. <laughs> to, uh, you know, in- increase his knowledge of commissionership. But I think it'll be all right. Well, with with a good trainer and a good commissioner, you were given that shot, and you actually won the title at the initial taping of Wrestling Live from BWC. So, one, I mean, how does it feel to, to win a championship so early in your career? And if you don't mind kind of transition from the, your, the point you made a second ago, how does it feel to go from – someone telling you I won't train women to a situation where you're not only trained, but put into a position where you get to fight men and, and beat them in this case. Um, well, yeah, winning a championship this early on was unexpected. Um, I'm getting into wrestling, you know, I, I got into it because, it was fun. And at the time, like after losing my partner, I just needed to have wrestling be fun again and not so painful. And it made me smile again. And I hadn't smiled since before he had passed away. So I, again, I just fell in love with it because of that, you know, I wasn't really in it to uh, chase after the gold as it were, or, you know, prestigious titles or anything like that. Not because they aren't important they absolutely are but just because I wanted to keep it fun and a lot of the times you know when people get so focused on the gold they forget why they're there why they love wrestling and I just didn't want that to happen but having been given an opportunity with a cruiserweight um, championship match and then winning it yeah I mean it 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 was a huge honor Um, it's a huge responsibility I feel because I'm, as a student, I'm already a representative of BWC and the Valiant Legacy, but then to be his cruiserweight champion, and I'm not sure how many women have held the belt um, for BWC, but I'm sure it's been far more men than women, if any other ones at all. 
um, that's, that's a big responsibility for me. You know, when I go out to different states, to different promotions, and I'm carrying that belt with me, you know, I'm representing BWC 100%. And so I always try to make sure that it's with professionalism and integrity because it means a lot to me. It, it really does. I mean, you know, Mr. Valiant helped shape the wrestling industry, you know, as we know it today. He's, he's done and contributed so much to wrestling that being able to um, be one of his champions was just, yeah, an incredible honor for me. Um, as far as being a woman and being told that I wasn't going to be trained at one school, and then now being a champion, um, when I put my mind to something, I get it done. And when I decided to start training and wrestling, I made two goals for myself, and that's that I would make Marcus proud, my partner Marcus, um, that I'd make him proud, and that I would make myself proud. And nothing was going to get in the way of that for me. Like, I didn't care what anyone said, how difficult it was going to be. Like, I, it didn't matter. Like, I was going to do this, and that was it. That was the bottom line. <laughs> and so uh, when they told me that, my immediate reaction was, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was an issue, and huge mistake on your part. And <laughs> I hate to sound cocky about it because it's not cockiness, but I knew that in order to be able to do this and to become a wrestler, I had to believe in myself more than anyone else was going to ever. Even when I started succeeding, I still had to believe in myself more than anyone else. And so when that was said to me, it, that's just how I felt. I was like, your mistake, because I'm doing this and you're going to see that and you're going to end up kicking yourself. And that was it. You know, I felt sorry that it couldn't work out, but at the same time, Everything happens for a reason. And did I really want to be trained at a school that had sentiments like that? I don't think so. You know, it was such a better fit at BWC with, I mean, the head trainer from the other school actually started coming every week and helping me on top of the trainers at BWC that are already amazing. So I really got a special uh, training experience with some incredible wrestlers i mean truly i i was very lucky with the way that things worked out so again everything happens for a reason and you know i'm i'm really grateful for that and because of that you know being a champion now i just i try to do them right i try to uh make them proud and show them you know what i've learned and what i keep learning and just go out in the world and you know make them proud dan here's my weekly baseball reference the great dizzy <laughs> dean said it ain't bragging if you can do it. So she's doing it. And Angel, uh, so besides, like we, I said before, your your success at BWC, you really are taking the, the indie wrestling scene uh, by storm. Besides being billed as the mistress of fear, I've also uh, seen you billed as the instant sensation, Angel Metro. So where have your travels taken you so far? And um, do you have any bookings uh, in, in the immediate future uh, in, in, you know, around the country? Uh, yeah, so I've wrestled, um, well, obviously in Virginia, uh, North Carolina, um, let's see, I've worked in Florida, New Jersey, uh, Tennessee, Indiana, yeah, I've worked there, I think I've worked somewhere, oh, uh, West Virginia, and, um, 
yeah, and as far as upcoming shows, I've got another West Virginia coming up on the 18th for International Combat Sports. Um, I'll be, I believe, having a uh, cruiserweight defending my title match at BWC on on the 12th. Um, I've got some upcoming shows um, the 22nd in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, got another one in West Virginia, I believe, April 15th, and then Eden, North Carolina, April 1st, and then back in New Jersey, June 3rd. Wow, you'll be busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I got all the dates down out of my head because it's a little tricky. I got to write everything down just to keep everything organized. Now, any other titles that you're going for and, and you know, in all those matches? Um, no, none of them are uh, title matches that I know of. Um, I don't think so. But you're defending the, the uh, BWC Cruiserweight Championship at, uh, I think it's called Spring Fling is what the, we're calling it. Correct, on the 12th, I believe. Yeah. Actually, it's mm-hmm. March Madness, isn't it? I, I, I'm a shame on me. I should know better. Yeah, March 12th, <laughs> it's March Madness. Awesome. You know, it's funny, Benny, you mentioned your baseball reference. We always talk about uh, umpires and officials and what they mean to wrestling. And I couldn't help but laugh the uh, keeping up on spring training as an Orioles fan. They they played the game this today without umpires because they due to a miscommunication the umpires left the middle of the ninth inning forgot the game wasn't over so they finished the game without them. <laughs> Jeez, you know. But um, I, the reason I bring up that point is because it was funny to watch the guys just kind of I don't want to say play around but they were definitely sizing each other up and. Speaking of size, we talked about you, some of the intergender wrestling that you've done, obviously, your title win. Uh, you wrestled a, a man named Donald J. Bitten, he at twice your size, and you go by the nickname, or at least I should say one of your nicknames is the Great Equalizer, and you lived up to that when you defeated somebody literally twice your size. Uh, and you really watching that match, you really seemed very comfortable with a much larger opponent. So I guess, uh, one, how, how do you differ as far as training and, and prep work for somebody, you know, is going to be that much bigger than you. And second, do you have a preference as to what kind of wrestler do you, do you prefer to wrestle someone you got the speed advantage on? Do you prefer someone more your size? How does that work? Um, yeah. So when preparing for a match with someone much larger, then I, um, I do have to kind of change my strategy a little bit. It becomes far less about brute strength and more so about um, agility. And like you said, strategy, catching someone off guard. You know, that's, that's the key to wrestling and defeating someone much larger than you is you have to be alert enough to find those quick moments in which you can catch them off guard because everyone has a weak spot. Even the biggest, baddest person out there, everyone has a weak spot and you can always get an advantage on someone if you take the opportunity to when it presents itself. So it's a little bit more of a self um, approach, I would say, but I mean, it works. (laughs) It does, you know, Um, 
you know, I'm a firm believer in anyone can wrestle anyone else. You know, one of the things that was important to me early on was um, being able to learn how to wrestle with anyone. In the very beginning, um, it was one of those things where I'd be shown something and I'd be told, you can wrestle a woman, um, you're not going to have to worry about this, though. We're just showing, and I, I would just stop and I'd be like, no, 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 no. I was like, if I'm doing this, if I'm learning how to train, I want to be able to learn how to wrestle anybody, male, female. I, I don't care about their gender. I don't care about their size. I want to be a wrestler and I don't want to be limited by my own physical, uh, you know, stature or gender. I just didn't want it to be an issue. And so they changed their approach with me. And it was basically, you know, anytime we step into this ring, we are all wrestlers. And once I established how I wanted to wrestle, um, the trainers basically took the approach with me of, okay, when you're in here, you are the same size as that other person. Have the confidence to feel that way. So even though physically I have to change my approach and style on how I'd wrestle someone much larger than me, my mindset is the same as it would be for anyone else. You know, I'm in here just as much as the other person, like we are both wrestlers. And so, um, yeah, that helped a lot with as far as confidence and stuff. Um, I think you had referenced like me, you know, looking like I was in there and not, you know, like I, I was belonged and whatever like that. Yeah, that's how it is because we're both wrestlers and we both have the same goal in mind. You know, we both want to win. Um, as far as preferences, I don't. I, I don't really have a preference over size or gender. I don't really care because um, it helps keep me innovative and fresh as a wrestler, um, wrestling different kinds of people and different styles. And I like that. I like being pushed to think differently, to have to do something differently or new or whatever in order to win. Um, I think it keeps my mind sharp. And um, my only preference with a wrestler is, you know, you need to be in there to be in there. Like, if you're in there for any other reason other to win, then you're going to make this an easy match for me because I'm ruthless. I want to win. We are in there. We're fighting. And I want to win. Um, so as long as you've got the same mindset, we're going to have a great time. You know, if you're in there to, I don't know, show off or to you know, whatever, get your spots or whatever it is you're trying to do other than win, you're probably going to have a bad time because, you know, I'm you're going to get a good beat down from me. I may be small, but I'm ruthless. So, Angel, um, you have two very good uh, signature holes to protect your neck and, and the snow angel. But I, yeah. I've heard you say on social media that you are a true student of, of wrestling history so i guess kind of a two-part question when you're watching say you're watching a, a an attitude era match um are you watching as much as a student to try to learn something new as, as you are as a fan and then also do you have an all-time favorite match um i watch wrestling now much more as case studies than 
from a fan perspective. Every match that I see now, whether it's, you know, something on the indies or on TV or whatever it is, is a lesson. It's like I'm in college and I'm getting a free lesson. Um, so I am much more analytical watching wrestling now than when I was a fan, but it's also because I understand the language now as a wrestler um, versus the entertainment aspect as a fan. And um, although there are still moments when the fan in me comes out, I mean, if you get me with something like, I remember I was watching a match and Rich Swan came in with a 619 into a leg drop on his opponent. And I popped so hard. I got out of my seat. I was like, oh my God. I was like, that was amazing. I mean, he hit it perfectly. Mysterio couldn't have done it better. Like it was great. Really, really solid move. And you don't see it a ton. You know, you get the 619s, you get the leg drops, but you don't get to see the combo very much. Um, and so, yeah, that was great. I, I love that. So the fans does still come up, um, mostly when it's, you know, catching me on something um, as a surprise. Um, as far as a favorite match, man, that's a tough one. Oh, Benny, you put her on the spot. Well, yeah, I, I've, I, I've heard her talk about uh, Under, <clears throat> Undertaker Mankind, so I was wondering maybe that was it. Well, I mean, that's the one that started everything, so that'll always hold a... And, I mean, at the time, I know it's not so much now, but at the time, it was so innovative. Like, I've never seen anything like that, albeit I hadn't watched wrestling before. But still, I even after I got hooked and still was watching everything, all the hardcore stuff they pulled from ECW and all of that, it couldn't compare to that match. I mean, that match was just... So amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if I was going to pick one, since that's the one that started all the trouble in the very beginning, <laughs> I would pick that one. That, I mean, it's a classic. Well, we, we keep going back to the BWC. Of course, they're our sponsor. Uh, Jimmy's been a guest on several occasions. He, he's really the mainstay of our Christmas specials. Our, our episodes with Boogie Claws are always some of the favorites when Benny and I talk about the show. Uh, so, I mean, we might be a little bit biased, just a little bit. And I know Benny uh, probably a little more so being involved in the backstage as it, as it were. Um, but we happen to think BWC is the best wrestling school out there really. And not just the talent and the quality, but the, the cost and uh, just so many factors that go into how good of a school it is. And we've asked this of, of the other beta of some of the other BWC students we've had on, on the show. And obviously uh, as well as trainers, uh, we'd love to hear your viewpoint. If you're talking to an aspiring wrestler, why would you tell them to come train at BWC if they can get out there? I think the advantages that you get, from BWC over other schools, and in my opinion, is that one, BWC is an old school vibe, 100%. We are in a concrete box in an old school style ring, as hard as any other, you know, old school style ring, and we are getting that experience. And it conditions you, and it disciplines your body. On top of that, you know, we have our meetings every training in which Boogie sits us down and we get some amazing 
part of history, wrestling history as he was living it, told to us, just sitting there. You know, stuff that you have to get a buy subscription for, for anyone else to try to get something like that. We get it every week. And he gives us some type of knowledge from it to further our own careers, whether it be in, you know, a story on something that leads to cutting a promo or um, how to work with promoters or, you know, picking signature moves or whatever it is. You know, that is very special. It's very special to be in an environment where you have someone around that just gives that freely because it's a part of their life and they're sharing it with you. Uh, Very, very special. On top of that, you know, at a good wrestling school, you'll get discipline um, to be able to toughen you up for wrestling, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. Or you'll get compassion and trainers that truly care and aren't there to break you down, but to build you up. It's very rare that you get both at the same school and you get that at BWC. And that is such a special combination of things to have, you know, which is even more a reason on why I, I try to work so hard and, you know, in the interviews and stuff, you, you, you've got to talk about yourself a little bit and stuff, but I don't, I'm not much of a braggart when it comes to just talking to people out in the wrestling world at shows, green rooms, whatever. I, I don't because I like to show them what I can do versus tell them what I can do. And I think that's something I had in myself that BWC just really complimented. And um, you get a good moral uh, fiber for the wrestling industry from Boogie. I mean, his one of the most important things that he said to us that I've taken with me since he said it throughout my short wrestling career is um, a man has two things in life. He has his word and he has his reputation. And that was so impactful to me as a wrestler, and I try to approach everything I do with that in mind, always. And, yeah, it's just, I mean, very rare that you can find that special combination of trainers that are incredibly talented, that are there because they care and they want to help others succeed, um, that have that skill and that passion and also can give you the discipline needed to go far in this business. And BWC has it. it it's funny. I'm, I'm, when you were saying that, I was thinking of uh, when Jimmy was on our show the last time, and he was talking about that even if the, the promoter who hires him is a 20-year-old kid, for for that night, that's his boss. You know, that's that's the person who hired him. So whatever he wants him to do, Jimmy will do it. And uh, But he also gave another example, I guess, when he was wrestling in Memphis. And um, he was supposed to be wrestling a young kid who thought he was all that. Just, you know, was his first appearance. And uh, they had an angle all worked up. And the guy, and this is like 10 minutes before they went on the show. And the, the, the kid started arguing with Jerry Jarrett, you know, the, the owner. And Jarrett said, you know, he said, look, he said, you've been thinking about this for five minutes. But I've been thinking about this all week. 
And, you know, and he explained the reason why. And, you know, the kid did it. But, you know, bottom line was next week the kid was gone. And, you know, so I know that Jimmy really stresses the importance of and that's even in his book, the uh, the blueprint book. That's one of his topics is how to deal with promoters. So I know that you, you get really you don't just get wrestling knowledge. You really get a complete education there. So um, and so I've been I'm older than both of you guys, probably older than both of you guys combined. And I've been a fan since 1968. Hard to believe that I'm really that old, but I am. <laughs> and, you know, I, over the course of time, I've just I've come to realize that there's three things for a wrestler to succeed. One is the look. The other one is, you know, your work in the ring. And then the third one is the the promos. And uh, up until yesterday, man, you obviously have the look and you definitely have the skills. But I had never heard one of your promos. And I found one on YouTube. And I was I was blown away at how uh, uh, it was definitely not scripted. And it was straight from the heart, very genuine, you know, and, and very, very passionate. So uh, is that something that you work on at BWC or is that something that comes more naturally to you? Um, we definitely work on promos at um, BWC, and for me personally, that has been beneficial in getting the technical aspects down as far as, okay, you need to project like this, and um, body language, you know, you need to do this, but for me, I'm a very heart-centered person and I am very passionate about wrestling and I could sit here and talk anyone's ear off about wrestling all day and if it's not even me talking just listening you know if the person has more knowledge and I just want to soak it up I'm like a sponge I love it and so I think that does really come across in my promos I mean it's it's my everything and uh I appreciate you saying that about my promos because I, I do, you know, try to, again, present them as much as anything else in my wrestling career and uh, do them well. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, going off that, it's readily apparent how passionate you are about being a professional wrestler. But as Benny pointed out, you're still very young, especially given the age of some of the guests we've had. And, and I mean, you mentioned Jimmy. I mean, he's still active in the, uh, you know, showing up, popping crowds decades later. So I'm going to ask you something you'd normally hear on a job interview. I really have no way of wording it without it coming out sounding that way. But where do you see yourself in five, ten years? With wrestling? Correct. Um, or if you if you plan on... on being one and done and moving on. Just where, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? I, I, I take a little bit of a different approach than most others starting out in wrestling. So I will add that disclaimer, but trying to envision myself, I'll have more experience. I'll likely be trying to, pass down what I know at that point to those in my position now. But as far as like motions or different countries or any of that stuff that people normally strive for in five to 10 years, I mean, I just want to be happy. 
And if that means the next five to 10 years is me doing backyard wrestling shows, that's awesome. Because if that's what makes me happy, then I'm stoked. Because wrestling is so much fun when you can hold on to the parts that make you happy. And for me, it's just being in the ring. I don't care if it's, you know, in your uncle's, you know, birthday party or, you know, if it's, you know, in Japan, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. As long as the crowd is into it and they're stoked and as long as the ring is halfway decent, you know, I'm there. Like, that's all that matters to me. I, I don't necessarily, I'm honored every time I get an opportunity to wrestle for any promotion. And, you know, having a cruiserweight championship for BWC is a huge honor. Um, but for me, it more so just shows that I'm learning and that I'm putting in hard work. You know, I try not to be attached to things because everything in life changes. But whatever I'm doing, as long as I'm happy in five to 10 years in wrestling, doesn't matter because I could be at the top. I could be signed to WWE and I could be miserable. Or again, I could be in someone's backyard and happy as a clam. So as long as I stick to that, I'm good. It doesn't matter. And as long as I can take whatever I know and help someone else who doesn't know it yet, even better. Even better to help the people that come after me. That's actually very refreshing, as opposed to normal people would say something with, you know, fame or, or money based. And your, your whole thing is centered around enjoyment, which is great. Um, so, Angel, a little bit of uh, self-promotion time. Um, I know you have a great website, a YouTube channel, even a, even a Patreon channel. Tell everybody how they can find more of the, uh, the Mr. Sophia. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is angel-metro, exactly how it sounds. Uh, dot com. You can find all my link outs from there, but you can also find me on any of your favorite social media channels. I'm on all of them. It's just Angel Metro. Um, and yeah, YouTube, Google, um, any of those outlets work as well. Uh, just type my name and you'll find me one way or another. It's <laughs> a pretty unique name. So. And on your website, you, besides your, your bookings, you actually have some merch on there, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I have, you know, T-shirts, uh, 8x10s, 4x6s, and stickers. I have a uh, photography book that I just put out uh, late last year. Um, it's like vintage pinup stylings of myself um, doing pinup photography because it's also a big passion of mine is like vintage culture and things like that. So that's on there as well. Um, yeah, just a bunch of stuff. Go check it out for sure. Uh, one last time, what was that website? It's angel-metro.com. Angel-metro, there you have it. Well, I'm going to ask you something. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit before we, we wrap up. You mentioned, obviously, you talked about Undertaker Mankind, and you've been, you talked about where you're, you're active today, and, and you're clearly very busy. You had quite a list of, of travels. Do you keep up with the current product today? I do for I don't want to say the most important parts but the parts that get the most attention as far as like WWE NXT uh, AEW Impact all of that but when it comes down to active studying and developing my own skill I usually go more old school and vintage so yeah anything Attitude Era and before 
um, a lot of mid eighties, uh, influenced a lot of my stuff as well. Um, and I go overseas. I really like a lot of the stuff that happens in Japan, stardom and things like that. Um, I really dig what they're doing over there as well. Um, and I pull from some Lucha as well here and there. Um, so I, I'm not a weekly watcher. Um, I'll watch spots here and there, but, um, I like to take it back. You know, if you, I, I'm a firm believer in, if you want to know where you're going, you got to know where you've been. So for me, just starting out and still having so many years to learn, I, I like to hang back in the old school a bit and I like to study that stuff. And, uh, I feel that that era, those eras compared to now were a bit slower paced. And that left room for a bit more creativity and a bit more opportunities to maybe have a mess up and think on the fly and have something amazing happen. You know, my example for that always is the DDT. That was a fluke. That was an accident. You know, Jake slipped and it became the DDT and the crowd popped and they were like, what just happened? Let's try it again tomorrow night. You know, with uh, the way that the product is now, it's, it's so polished and so fast paced that it's, it's really hard to leave room for that, leave room for wrestling to breathe and have those moments to have magic happen as far as creativity. And I, I like thinking outside the box. I really do. I like taking a simple chain and just being like, all right, now how can I make this weird? <laughs> how can I do this differently? So, uh, yeah, I, I take it back old school, but there are some things that, um, from the modern day that, are you know encouraging or creative or new that that i dig and just from uh one example that i use is from wrestlemania last year when we were just starting in class to learn scoop slams and uh, i was a little discouraged because you know i've got mike mars in there big guy and you know all of these like big guys in there i'm like how am i supposed to scoop slam anyone and then i see wee man scoop slam Sami Zayn, and i'm like I can do this. I was like, I can do this. Like I can learn how to do this. I can do anything. You know, at that moment, it really did uh, inspire me to not let my size limit me. So there are some things from the modern day that I, that I pick up, but mostly it's older stuff. <laughs> you know, I will tell you, um, the years I spent in university studying history, I'm an avid fan of the old school and a lot of the current to me, I've been very critical through the years and the time we've been doing the show uh, of the current product. And one of the things I, I vehemently speak against is overly done comedy and wrestling. But I will tell you that match with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville and seeing Wee Man come out and I popped off the couch. Like I was just, uh, uh, just enjoying myself more than I had any business doing. So I'll give you that one. That was that was a great spot. And it's actually funny you mentioned the DDT being an accident. One of the more popular finishers today is the Claymore kick that Drew McIntyre uses. And that was an accident. He tells the story. He went for a single kick and his pants were too tight and ended up having to kick up both legs at the same time. And everybody was just, oh, wow, look how great that, that kick looks. And he's like, no, I, I, I couldn't move just one leg. Like, the leather was riding up. So... <laughs> That's so funny because I know Austin had that problem with his blue jeans back in the day too. I mean, I don't think he got a got a claymore type, you know, 
uh, move out of it, but something about the wrestler. See, when I, when I get gear or if I'm trying something out, whatever, I always take it out at least on the trampoline, at least on the trampoline so I can move in it. And I tell the guys like at school and stuff, you know, if they're getting a new mask or new gear, I'm like, bring it to training at least once. That way you can feel how it moves. If you need any adjustments, you can get them done. The last thing in the world that you want is to go out with spanking new gear into a match and have something malfunction or you can't see out your mask or, you know, some some type of fashion faux pas like weirdness happening during your match because you're already like thinking a million miles a minute. You don't need your gear to get in the way of that. <laughs> but, I mean, the Claymore came out of it, so what do I know? You know, every once in a while you get something good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh benny what was the what was it um I'm, I'm trying to remember the 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 exact moment but it was mid-atlantic and big bubba rogers back before he was become the big boss, boss man when man, he was yeah. still the muscle for the midnight express and right. jim Cornette, and there was a spot where he was supposed to slam somebody and he completely messed it up and that was they they said they were at him uh it was cornet and um oh, who was it was it I'm, I'm trying to remember who the other person was they said that was in the back uh maybe it was fargo but they were they were basically yelling at him like if you don't know how to do something don't try it like television cameras is not the first time to ever do right. anything not, not a good time to experiment yeah right yeah, that's definitely something to uh, to take to heart. You know, their uh, matches aren't the ideal place to take something out of your head and uh, put it on uh, paper. It's uh, that's what that's what training's for. You know, that's what practicing outside of uh, matches are for. But uh, some wrestlers just you know they graduate and and that's it. And you know, for me, like I have become very busy with my schedule as far as shows and stuff like that but i do like any week weekend i don't have a show like i'm at training you know that's important to me because the learning the education never stops and matches are great and really fun but you can't compare uh you know 8 10 15 20 minute match to four hours of training it's just it's just incomparable (laughs) Very true. Well, as we wrap up, you, you talked about your website. You talked about your social media. You're clearly very busy. You've got a lot coming up. It, for the for the bookers out there listening, how can a smart booker get a hold of Angel Metro? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can reach out to me on social media. Um, my inboxes do kind of get a little crazy with various messages from different you know people, fans, friends, other promoters. Um, my uh, email is a great place. To send me a message. That's angelmetrowrestling at gmail.com. Um, it kind of separates your message out from everyone else's, and I try to check that, you know, daily or every other day. Uh, yeah. Well, Benny, uh, another great conversation in the books. Angel, thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, Benny, any final thoughts, final questions? No, I just, it's so refreshing to hear somebody wrestle because they love to wrestle you know there's no i mean of course i'm sure there's some aspirations of of, you know of of wrestling in bigger venues but the most important thing to angel it was what i'm hearing is as long as she's happy it could be at somebody's uh birthday party or something like that graduation or it could be at madison square garden if she's if she's happy then 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 it's good I, i love hearing that well uh angel before we let you go tonight any any parting words final thoughts 
for the listeners? No, just uh, thank you all for having me. And uh, thanks to the listeners for listening along with me and uh, hope to see you at a show soon or on social media. And yeah, thank you guys so much. I just really appreciate it. Been a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, uh, like you said, it's angel-metro.com uh, and lots of good stuff on there. Your your merchandise, pictures, information. Uh, some of the BWC clips can be found online, including your great cruiserweight win. So uh, thank you very much, Angel, for your time. So for uh, the great equalizer herself, Angel Metro, for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spastiano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring.